Please be seated. So among other things, the Christmas story today, the story of the nativity of Christ, is a story about humankind receiving news and their reaction to that good news. And it brings to mind a story. A man and a woman been together for a very long time, and the husband calls up one of their two kids on the phone on Christmas Eve and says, Son, I have some news for you, some bad news. Um, after 40 years of marriage, your mother and I have decided to call it quits. And the son says, oh no, how can this be? Hold on right there, I'm going to call my sister. So he calls his sister, lives very far out of town in a place like Hong Kong, and says, Sister, mom and dad have decided they're going to call it quits after 40 years. You know, what do we do? So the sister calls him up and says, Father, what are you talking about? You and mother are going to split up after 40 years. You sit tight. Something's not right. Uh, my brother and I will be home tomorrow on Christmas Day to straighten this out. The father hangs up the phone and he turns to the mother and says, Good news, honey, both the kids are going to be home Christmas Day and they're buying their own plane tickets. I thank our dear organist for that story. They reacted to news. When we hear disturbing news, sometimes upsetting news, we have to do something about it. When we hear good news, we have to do something about that good news, don't we? You know, one of the, the, the entertaining habits of my grandmother um, in, in the last 10 years of her life or so, she, she would live with each of my aunts, my mom and her two sisters for three weeks at a time. And it was wonderful because I got to spend time with her. But every time I saw her, I could almost count to 10 and I would sit down and get what, what we kind of jokingly called the litany of the bad news. She would sit and think of every single thing that had happened that she had read or seen on Fox News and tell me about it. And we would sit and talk about it. And, and I would, it was almost like I would sit down next to her and I'd look at, I'd look at mom and I'd go, wait for it. Oh, did you see on the news? And we would try to shift her into the habit of uh, sometimes just to mess with her, I would try to counteract good news with her. And today, we have three different, uh, some groups of beings and people and one person getting good news. And we see three really interesting, legitimate reactions to that news. Earlier in the Nativity story, the angel Gabriel, who... According to Jewish mythology, the Jewish Midrash is the angel who stands in the presence of God. So if you were to project human organization upon the heavens, then Gabriel would be uh, God's right-hand angel. And so Gabriel would be the first to hear good news from the heavens. That, for instance, God was going to uh, become flesh and, and this child was going to come to earth. So Gabriel was sent to Mary. And so we see Mary's reaction to that. She asks one question and then she says, let it be so. And then of course, if you are, if you keep that projecting that onto the heavens, uh, the rest of the angels hear about it and a jubileo of angels, a group of angels comes together. And if you can imagine that meeting in the heavens about who they're going to sing to first, this group of shepherds they sing to is the least likely group of people that anyone would have thought that they would have sung to. A 
king, a monarch, someone of some importance, a religious person. They sing to shepherds. Shepherds were most certainly male. In a lot of areas, they were people who had been pushed out of polite society, um, either through some kind of perpetual uncleanness, um, or some kind of crime, or some kind of uh, quirk. But they were people that no one wanted around, so they assigned them the care and feeding of the livestock off out of town. And you know, if you were sitting in town and even just a group of shepherds walked into town, you would have smelled them from far off. And so these angels, this group of angels, they hear this news, and what do they do? They sing. We've been doing lots of singing here, haven't we? One of these years, I'm going to catalog all the songs all the, all the times I get to sing uh, between 3 o'clock on Christmas Eve and 10 o'clock on Christmas morning, it's well into double digits. When we count when these people were singing last night, wow. And what singing that was. So the angels sing, and they seek out this group of people who are in absolute darkness. See, they're off in the night sitting around on a hill off from the city in absolute darkness. They come and they bring God's radiance to them. And of course, how do the shepherds react? Well, they react how all of us react sometimes with good news. They, they decide they have to go tell someone, don't they? They, they start a party. They, they, they start running around and telling people, and, and they seek out confirmation of this baby. That's something I love about the Virgin Mary in the story is Gabriel says to her, well, you're going to have this child and he'll be the Messiah. And she says, well, how can this be? And he answers her one question. He says, okay, let it be so. And in Zechariah, Elizabeth's uh, husband is told and he starts peppering her, Gabriel with questions, doesn't he? He has to talk about it. He has to interact. And the the shepherds, I think, must be male because that's how they interact too. What do you mean? Oh, we got to go tell somebody about it. So they leave their darkness and they come and they find the baby Jesus. And we can only imagine that in the process, they woke people up and told them that the Messiah had come. So one way that we react to good news, most certainly, is we wake people up, don't we? We react, we party, we sing loudly, we tell people about this thing that has happened to us, this good news. My favorite reaction to this story, of this story, though, is Jesus' mother, Mary. Because it says right at the end of our gospel, she held these things in her heart and she pondered them. And that's something that's really easy to gloss over, to think that, well, Mary just, you know, we, we kind of picture her, uh, being this this quiet type, you know, introverted person, and she just kind of <sighs> sighs and says, "Oh." And on the one hand, I can picture her looking at her child. One thing we were talking about last night is that um, another uh, piece of um, of Jewish theology says that each human being has within them the divine spark, and so within that quiet moment of pondering. Mary does what we all do when we hold a baby, doesn't she? She looks at that baby, she sees in that baby hope, 
She feels love towards her child. She sees that divine spark like we always see. She counts his fingers. She counts his toes. And I know she probably has the same thought that we all have when uh, a child is born into this world and we're holding it in our arms and we think, wow, it's a miracle that this just happened now. Even though it happens all the time, Mary saw that miracle. But the other thing that's amazing about her pondering is that this word, ponder, is a word that only shows up three times in Luke and Acts. And, it, and really the only person who ponders in this fashion is Mary. And, and the way in which it's used for her, it literally means having a conference with oneself. Having a conversation with herself about this. Meditating. So Mary in a way, in response to that good news, shows us maybe that she's the first contemplative in Scripture. And later her son picks up that good habit too, doesn't he? He goes off and he, he takes naps and he sleeps and he goes off alone and he ponders just like she did. So another way that we can respond to good news is we can ponder. And I'll be the first to confess that I'm terrible at reacting the good news that way. I have this little rectangle I carry around. Uh, the joke says, you know, someday we're going to meet uh, someone like H.G. Wells in the afterlife, and you're going to say, you know, modern earth was wonderful. We had these little rectangles that had the sum of human knowledge on it, and we used them to show each other cat videos all the time. <laughs> but I have this little rectangle, and I hear good news, and what do I want to do? I want to get on the group text message with my family. Hey, guess what? One of the kids got into college. Guess what? The test came back negative. Guess what? You know, I got the job. We go on to Facebook. You know, we post the, the cute video of our kid that made us laugh. We want to share it with other people. But I think what we miss out on sometimes in the, the perpetual personal news cycle that we live in right now is that we miss out on this habit that Mary had of pondering good news. So I would encourage you as you begin to end this year and begin your next year to take on these practices of hearing good news, sharing it with people in darkness, hearing good news and being loud about it and sharing it with everyone you know hearing good news, looking upon it, seeing the spark of creation in that good news, pondering that good news. When we ponder good news, we allow room in our imaginations for the immensity of what has happened in the Christ. God has turned over everything as we know it and become flesh. God has loved us so much that God has become one of us and live and will live and die as one of us. When we ponder it like Mary did, it gives us room in our hearts and in our minds and in our very souls to know that that is everything.